When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. All right, welcome into a special reaction podcast to uh, the playoff scenarios finally solidifying themselves. Rest in peace for another year, the ESPN playoff machine that has been so helpful to us here on Purple Daily. But uh, Matthew Collar, Judd Zolgad, to react to what we saw in Seattle with the Seahawks coming within about four inches of sending us out to Seattle. But instead, Judd, we are headed to New Orleans. Reaction. Okay, first reaction, Matthew Collars, very simple. How is it that replay on on uh, pass interference was supposed to be this, was supposed to work? And it was supposed to work because it was blown in the Rams-Saints game. But yet the Saints again get screwed because they didn't call for replay on what was an obvious DPI on the San Francisco linebacker on the Seattle tight end. And furthermore, collateral damage is the Vikings, who as good as Russell Wilson might be, there's no way that you can tell me that the Vikings are home right now saying, yes, we get to play in the Superdome. If you were to if you were to think about this and, and actually seed the NFC by how you felt about teams, number one easily the Saints. So again, a rule that was supposed to be fixed doesn't get fixed, and it screws pretty much the Niners, uh, or I'm sorry, the Seahawks, the Saints, and really the Vikings too. It amazes me, Judd, that we never have a shortage of domino effect or butterfly effect things, and we already have one. We're not even there yet. We just got started, and yet we're always going to ask ourselves, what if the guy got into the end zone? What if he hadn't gotten stuck at the six-yard line? And what if they had called pass interference? And what if the Seahawks do not take a delay of game because they couldn't get Marshawn Lynch out there on the field and were pushed back to the six-yard line, which is amazing to me that Wilson comes up with an incredible fourth down throw to a guy who is making his first career ever catch to the two-yard line and then... Seattle doesn't know what to do. If they had just run up to the line of scrimmage and QB sneaked, I bet they go right into the end zone because the 49ers would not have been set up. Instead, they spent all the time, like what, celebrating, trying to figure out who's supposed to be on the field, trying to figure out what was supposed to happen there, and then delay of game. They can't run Marshawn at that point. They have to throw because they're out of timeouts, and then San Francisco ends up with that stop. And if the Vikings go down to New Orleans and get their tails beat, and then Seattle falls apart in the playoffs. We're going to look at it and go, 
wow, that could have been you out there whooping the Seattle Seahawks, and instead you had to go play the incredibly tough New Orleans Saints. But if it goes a different way, we're also going to ask, well, I mean, would the Vikings have won if they went to Seattle instead of to New Orleans? And I mean, I think that the former is more likely than the latter, but there's an incredible ripple effect that comes off of a really wild, wild game between San Francisco and Seattle. Yeah, so we spent the, the day, just to uh, recap here, we spent a good portion of the day saying, oh my God, the Detroit Lions are going to beat the Packers. The Vikings are going to play the Packers, which would not have been an easy game. But if I'm the Vikings, I'm saying, bring it on. Third time against the Packers. The Packers the Packers don't scare me one bit. They no, still don't. no. So, so we spent a good portion of the day saying, the Detroit Lions are going to do this. No, they're not. Then we spent a decent portion of the second half of Seahawks Niners saying, okay, Seattle's going to win. And for as good as Wilson is, I would rather play, as I said before, the Seahawks than play the Saints. And so it looks like, to your point, they get down to the one-inch line or one-yard line, and they're down there. And you're, and, and then they take, you know, the stupidest delay of game penalty of all time. And so, so the worst-case scenario after being teased all day long right by you're going to play the Packers no you're probably going to play the Seahawks the worst case scenario comes true because of officiating ineptitude because the Lions are going to lie and because of just a bunch of things that went wrong and I'm sorry the one place that I cannot pick the Vikings in good conscience to go and win is the Superdome and about eight times today, it looked like they wouldn't, at least in round one, have to go there. Yeah, let me circle back to what you were talking about with Green Bay before we get into New Orleans. I mean, my gosh, Green Bay, wow. You go into uh, Detroit and look like, what, uh, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals? Maybe the Cincinnati Bengals looked better today and, and recently than uh, what the Green Bay Packers looked like. Aaron Rodgers overthrowing all of his receivers. People are getting hurt around him. Brian Bulaga's hurt for the 50th time. Aaron Jones goes down at one point, And Detroit has this opportunity to step on their throat. All they need to do, and we've heard this so many times before in sports, is run the ball a couple of times, and they're within Matt Prater's field goal range, which is 97 yards because he's the best kicker in the league, not named Justin Tucker, and he easily hit a 56-yarder in that game. So they get it to midfield, a couple of more handoffs or short throws, and they've got a chance to put Green Bay essentially away in the game. And instead, David Blau throws an interception. It opens the door for the Green Bay Packers to drive down and to ultimately end up winning that game. And now you also have to look at the the Detroit Lions as being very much responsible for you being there in a couple of different ways. I mean, earlier this season, they get a couple of hands to the face penalties uh, against the Packers. And I read an incredible statistic, Judd, that the Detroit Lions led for the entire game, both games that they played the Packers and lost on final field goals. They were never trailing to the Green Bay Packers this uh -oh. season, and yet they <laughs> lost both games. Uh, an incredible meltdown by Matt Patricia's team. Thank goodness that he'll be coming back. Vikings fans should be extremely thrilled about that. And as an aside, thrilled about Mitch Trubisky, uh, if he's going to be the quarterback in 2020, because my gosh, he couldn't even beat the reserves for the Vikings. But that's another one that you're going to look at and say, wow, you could have ended up playing the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau with the Packers. I know that they just beat you, Judd, but 
both games were very winnable for the Vikings and the Packers offense is so putrid at times that I think you'd much rather take your chances than when one than against one of the top scoring offenses in, yes. in their building. Yes. Here, here's the incredible thing about the state of this league today in my mind. Think about this, Matthew. The Saints are the third seed. How are they the third seed? They are the easily the best team in this conference in my mind right now. No questions asked, right? Yeah. San Francisco, that San Francisco defense went from being, man, they are unbelievable to they can't stop anybody right now. And Seattle, Seattle has one of the great quarterbacks of our time, but that's basically what they have, right? And so you look at Green Bay, which does not, I'm sorry, does not scare you one bit. You look at San Francisco, which, yes, is a very nice team, but it, they don't really scare me, right? And then you look at the Saints and say, if there's one place I don't want to play or one team or one guy, Drew Brees, it's them. And so so the conference to me is so goofy that the team that I would say they're the top seed is actually the three seed. Yeah, what it comes down to to me for determining who's the best team uh, in the NFC is entirely who's playing quarterback and how are they playing at the moment, and then you go down the list. And you're right about Seattle, uh, San Francisco's defense, but Seattle does have Russell Wilson, and he was otherworldly to get them back in that game and to lead a touchdown drive, and th then they get a stop, and then he drives them right back down the field and is six inches away from the end zone again. So I do give a lot of credit in that particular game to Russell Wilson, but you know they yep. also played the Rams and they gave up a bunch of points to the Rams too in a game they had to win. So the way San Francisco has been playing, that I don't see them as strong, and Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to win in the playoffs for me to believe that he can really take a team all the way. At this point, from what I've seen, it still feels very much like Kyle Shanahan has to scheme everything and the quarterback can't do any more than he's asked, which probably sounds pretty familiar to you that with Los Angeles and the Minnesota Vikings. And it's hard to convince me that those teams can win the Super Bowl. But when it's Drew Brees, that's a lot different. I mean, the way Brees has been playing since he came back, Judd, is actually a better version than early in the season breeze it's like last year we saw him start to peter out a little bit toward the end of the year like he got tired and worn down but this yep. year he got a bunch of games off where teddy bridgewater went in there and won five games and it wasn't it was just a thumb injury it wasn't like it was his legs or anything like that that would slow him down and breeze has looked absolutely phenomenal and if there was any question he goes out there against Carolina and just lights them the hell up today in a game that they did need to win for the playoff seating. And they are a pretty scary team at this point. Uh, Alvin Kamara is getting more healthy than he was earlier in the season. Michael Thomas breaks the record for receptions in a year. Their offensive line is good. Uh, Teron Armstead is one of the best left tackles in the entire NFL. I mean, they are stacked to the brim, and it's by far the worst matchup. And, of course, in extreme Vikings fashion, a bunch of things have to fall into place. But here's the thing, Judd. I'm already getting all of these messages from people. They're going to lose. I have one right now in my Twitter mentions. They're going to lose 49-3 to at the Dome. And this is where I would, <laughs> this is where I would push the brakes. You absolutely have the toughest matchup of anyone in the first round, clearly, and probably anyone in the second round and maybe anyone in the entire NFC. But if you were going to go all the way, guess what you'd have to do? 
you'd have to beat a tough team on the road because that's the situation you put yourself in by not beating good teams on the road. So, yeah, you can cry that they should have called Fred Warner for pass interference, or you could cry that David Blau shouldn't have thrown one of the most foolish interceptions of the year earlier today, but you put yourself in this spot to be at the mercy of whoever is the three seed. Usually the three seed's pretty good, so now if you want to prove everybody wrong, don't cry in your Cheerios. Go do it. And the Vikings, if you look at, by comparison, a lot of the numbers, where they rank in offense, where they rank in defense, how many sacks they get, and on and on and on, stuff like that, they're not so far away from the New Orleans Saints that you say, sorry, no chance, you can't be on the same football field with this team. This team lost in the Superdome to the Atlanta Falcons. They nearly lost to the Dallas Cowboys. They had to win 12-10 to with Bridgewater, and I understand. But still, like they're not just unbeatable, unbelievable. You're never going to touch this team. They're very good, but I'm going to get really tired this week of hearing people say they're going to lose by 50. A couple of questions I've got. Uh, one is what now that he sat out two consecutive games, which by the way, I think was a very smart move. Where is Dalvin cook at? Because if Dalvin cook comes back and he's at 95%, guess what? It makes Kirk cousins probably that much more effective. It helps the Vikings. If Dalvin cook is comes back and he's still, uh, uh, having problems with the sh- a shoulder slash chest, that's a problem. My other, my defensive question, though, here's my question for Zim. And, of course, he's not going to tell us this, but it's the biggest question I've got, which is not how do you just plan to stop Drew Brees because he's great. How do you plan to stop the combination of Drew Brees and Michael Thomas, though? Because, yeah. you know, a couple of years ago, Collar, that would be a matchup of matchups, right? Xavier Rhodes is going to follow Michael Thomas all over the field. It's going to be fantastic. And it would have been, it would have been so much fun to watch. And Thomas might have beaten Rhodes, and Rhodes might have gotten the best of Thomas at times, but it would have been a heavyweight battle, a back and forth, back and forth. Well, that is not going to, to be the case now. And so I guess my I guess my question is: what's going to be the game plan philosophy to let's not even say stop Thomas because you're probably not going to stop him. What's going to be your game plan philosophy to slow him. Now I will say this Zim Zim is going to dream all week. And his worst nightmare is they go into the Superdome. They get run out and Sean Payton in all his giddiness puts Teddy in, in the fourth (laughs) quarter to finish out that game. And poor Zim is left watching a man. He loves play quarterback in a deafening stadium. And there's absolutely Nothing he can do, but I really am. If this is going to be maybe the greatest test to me since Mike got here of him as a game plan coach, because I don't see a cornerback that the Vikings have in 2019 that can stop Michael Thomas by himself. So my question becomes, what are you going to do to at least contain him? Because if you don't, you're probably going to be done by halftime. Yeah, and not only that, you don't have the noise to work with you at U.S. Bank Stadium that you've had the last three times you've played against Drew Brees. So if we want to talk about Zimmer's defense slowing down Brees at times, well, we also have to talk about the fact that you had the noise factor Breeze has also only been sacked 12 times the entire year. He's getting the ball out faster than anybody else in the NFL, so that mitigates the amount of pass rush that you can have. And the coincidental thing about this, Judd, is the last time Xavier Rhodes was an elite corner was 
2017, the game against the New Orleans Saints. And then they go yep. to Philly, and he does not play like an elite corner in Philly when they get blown out in the NFC Championship. And then since then, he has not been the shutdown corner that we used to talk about in 2015, 2016, and 2017. And now, will he go up against Michael Thomas? The thing is, he is the best matchup for Michael Thomas. I think Michael Thomas would push Mike Hughes all over the field or push Trey Wayans all over the field. Wayans can't track. He has to stay on one side. So that puts you in a position to either play sides, try to play zones, try to keep Michael Thomas in front of you. But the problem is if you keep him in front of you, he'll just break tackles and he'll get big yards that way. Or they'll check down to Elvin Kamara and he'll dodge tackles and, and he'll get big yards too. The reason that I love this matchup though, Judd, is exactly what you talked about right there. It is the biggest test for everybody. This team is supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. You look from position to position to position. They have pro bowlers almost at every single position. The Wilfs have put down so much freaking cash right now. They're taking out loans to pay for all these contracts, right? And they've given you everything you could possibly have. Gary is here. They, they could not have set this up any better for Mike Zimmer and for Kirk Cousins. And those are the two guys. And Zimmer acknowledged this the other day when he said, when we lose, everyone's going to blame us. But he's right. And that's how the NFL works. And you know why he's right? Because everything around them from receivers to linebackers to even young corners who are good to the kicker who's awesome now and has made like 95% of his kicks this year. Everything you ever wanted in a team and a contender is pretty much here. So it comes down to can your $84 million quarterback show up in a big game in an insane environment in New Orleans, can your running back earn his next contract? I mean, that's another part of this, too. If Delvin Cook dominates this game, then we'll be talking about him and sign him up for that long-term deal. And can Mike Zimmer go on the road and win a playoff game? These are things that we have not seen in the Mike Zimmer era. It's things that we have not seen in Kirk Cousins' career. And guess what? There are no asterisks next to, next to this one. There are no, well, you didn't play that good of a team anyway. It's, hey, you have every opportunity to go prove everybody wrong, to tell every person on Twitter who wants Zimmer fired, I guess you don't want him fired now, or to prove every person who didn't want Kirk Cousins here or didn't believe he could win a big game. You have every opportunity to show everyone that you can do it and nope, you won't be favored. And yep, it's going to be pretty hard. But is there any reason for me to excuse them if they can't win this game or if this game doesn't end up being 31-34 or something? I don't think so. I don't think that they have any excuses for this one, Judd. No, they, they don't. And the pressure here is incredibly high. But guess what? It should be. This is why you signed Cousins. This is why you, you went out to take now. Now. This comes after what turned out to be, unfortunately for the Vikings, a very disappointing 2018. But this was the whole goal in March of 2018, right? When you brought Cousins in and introduced them. And when you, this was what you were after, which was the potential in your mind to go to go on a playoff run with a quarterback that you trusted more than Case Keenum. And you got the guy and you signed him. And now you've got Cook. And yes, things are different now in the sense that the day that you signed Cousins, I always thought it was to make the offense good enough for a defense that was great. Well, the offense on its best days now can be very, very good. The defense on its best days, I think, still can be very good to good, but it's certainly not great now. Um, but this is the pressure that you invited and wanted and embraced. 
And I do think that that in the case of a guy like Michael Thomas, you know what? If you're Mike Zimmer, you can show everybody right now, you know, Xavier Rhodes might have dropped off. And Trey Waynes certainly was not having the season that you would have liked him to have. And defensively, there are areas of this team that certainly weren't as good as they were back in 2017. But all those things being said, I went in there with a game plan and with some very smart players. And I shut up the Saints and I quieted their crowd. And Michael Thomas caught, you know, five or six passes or something like that. And I stopped Drew Brees. It's going to be hard, but it. But this is all the pressure that you wanted, that you invited, and it's all right there. And Collar, what's so intriguing about this? If you think about this, and I look, I'm not going to pick the uh, Vikings. I, I believe I just saw that they opened as seven point underdogs for this oh, game. Wow. The Saints. Okay, so I'm not picking them, but I will say this: if Mike Zimmer does what he thinks he can do. And you go in there and upset the Saints, and you've got that confidence. Look at the look at the rest of the path, right? Because you just slayed to me then the best team potentially in this playoff bracket, in this conference. Yep, and so then you, you could definitely yeah, so, go to San Francisco and win. It's not impossible, right? Exactly. So the point being is, it would be nice to be at, at home and. The Vikings are a team that 16 games in, I still can't tell you exactly exactly who they are in relation to what they would have hoped for because they still enter today's game with one win against a team with a winning record. But all of that being said, you've got a chance to shut people up really quickly. And if you do that, you create a path for, for yourself that's still very difficult but not impossible. All right, this has been our very quick reaction podcast, so hopefully you've enjoyed it. And guess what? We are going to have all sorts of content leading up to this game. We're going to have you, Judd, on Ventline from 11 to 12 every day and 10 on Monday if you're listening to it uh, late tonight here when we're recording it on Sunday night, 2 to 4 every day for us. Uh, we're going to have Sage Rosenfels, Courtney Cronin, Alex Boone, the whole cast. Meyer Metcalf is going to be in on Friday. And then uh, you and I will have the last word on this one. And you and I are also going to get together on New Year's Day because we love you people so much. And we're going to do a special podcast-only episode. So if you listen through only podcasts like you're probably doing right now, then look forward to that as well. So thanks for your time, Judd, and thank you all for listening. It's playoff time, everybody. Uh, this is going to be plenty of fun. We'll uh, we'll talk to you all week. We'll be here. Purple Daily. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.